Welcome to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bognar, and I help therapists fill their practices with good fit clients while strengthening their communities and holding on to their values. Therapy has the power to make the world a better place little by little, person by person, in a profound and cumulative way, and yet so many therapists are underutilized or struggle to fill their caseloads. My dream for you is a full, bustling practice that allows you to do the work you love, work with the issues you care about, and make enough money to feel relaxed and secure. I've done that for myself, and I'm here to show you how to do it too. I'm glad you're here. Let's take action together. Welcome back to Action Practice Building. I'm so glad you're here this week, and I'm really excited because this week's guest is not just a an alumna of Action Practice Building and not just a terrific person, but one of my favorite people, a gifted therapist and a gifted networker, Carmen Montenegro Cis. And I think you're going to like how vulnerable and honest and open she is about her journey into networking and the pieces that clicked into place to make it worthwhile for her to do that and how she's used it to build her business. So if you don't know Carmen, I highly recommend getting to know her, listen to this podcast, and then reach out to her. You're going to love her. Enjoy. Folks, welcome back to the Action Practice Building Podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. And I am equally, if not more, glad to have a really special and wonderful guest with me this week. I have on Carmen Montenegro Cis, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Covina, but able to broadcast all over California with that big, beautiful California license that we have that allows us to practice all over the state. Carmen, so glad to have you here. Welcome. I am so glad to be here, Nick. Now, listen, Carmen, I could find myself starting a podcast to have an excuse just to chat with you. But fortunately, I didn't have to do that because I already had one started. And fortunately, you and I are both interested in networking. You and I are both about networking. and We both do it to build our practices. So I'm happy to have you here to share your accrued wisdom uh, with folks who are listening out here today. So with that in mind, one of the things that you and I talked about, because this is not our first time talking, one right. of the things that you and I talked about is that a major deterrent that people have in networking is that sometimes they try it, especially earlier in their careers, and they have kind of a shitty experience. And then they don't want to do it again. And it feels like it doesn't work. Has that ever been your experience? And if so, how did you turn a corner on that? Like, what would you tell somebody who was new to networking who maybe had a rough start with it? Yeah, definitely. I can so relate to that. Oh, my gosh, I would hear these stories from therapists that they would say that they built their, you know, private practices just on networking. Um, and they just made it sound like it was like an easy peasy, like, you know, just go out and meet as many people as possible. And eventually people will start referring to you. And it just sounded like this really cool thing that I was like, hell yeah, sign me yeah. up. Oh, yeah. And yeah. And then I started to network the first, some of them were went well, but mm-hmm. um, there was this period where I just kept getting like shitty network going to like network meetings where it just wasn't going well and when I came to you to talk about it I felt very um discouraged and I was just like I don't know like I was like I don't know what Nick is gonna teach me because I I kind of like have done this and it has not worked for me I've had very poor experiences and I felt just very discouraged and um and you just have this way of changing it around for me to give me hope and to root me on and to to really show me how it's done. But 
I would say that something that's helped me kind of shift it around is just like the mindset that I'm going it into it with, like going in it and just kind of being like, hell yeah, like I can't wait. I'm gonna meet some freaking badass people. Like I yeah. almost like when you go on an adventure and you're just like looking forward to it, you're like, ooh, like I wonder what that's gonna be about. Like just um with this spirit of like wonder um, yeah. and, and just um, eagerness to like meet other people. And I obviously could talk about what things not to do, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not to do, but yeah. Well, so. there's a million, I mean, there's a million things not to do and I love those and maybe we will touch on those, but I, I love this spirit of wonder. And I think that's the thing that people or one of the things that people fail to get. And I love the way that you worded that is that I think that the advice is like meet as many people as you can. Which, mm-hmm. no, that's not strictly true. There are a lot of people that it will be irrelevant to you to meet in your career. And there are people where it will be inappropriate or irrelevant for you to talk to them about your career. If you're in line at the post office and the person's stamping your package, you don't want to be like, hey, by the way, for your mental health needs, my name is Nick Bogner. I'm Pasadena, California, just down the street. Here's my business card. They're going to be like, get the fuck out of my window. Are you kidding me? Do you see the line behind you? And so that's like kind of incomplete advice. But then once you're in a place where you don't necessarily like, you're not like laser focused on, I need to find somebody to give me some business. Then you meet astonishingly cool people, right? I had a, I had a training that I did a couple of years ago that I, I took as a student and the training was kind of dumb and I, I wanted to like it and it just, it didn't do anything for me. But in a breakout room, I met this wonderful therapist from Ventura named Carrie Goff, who turned out to be a friend and a colleague and a referral source and just a a terrific human being. And it's like, if you leave yourself open to that, then you meet often, not always, but you often meet really cool, exciting people. Definitely. Definitely. And I, like, if we just take away the, like, the benefits of networking, but for me, like Carmen, I love, I value my friendships. Like, that's something that is so important to me. Um, and if you look at it from those lens of like, you know, hopefully I'll maybe I'll make a friend, you know, um, yeah. I think it's helpful too, like, uh, like when people go out to date and if they go in there with this agenda of like, I hope that I find maybe I'll find the one or like just like where it feels forceful, like uh, you're, you're probably not going to enjoy that date. Yeah. Uh, a romantic date. And I feel like this is kind of the the same way where it's like if you can go in there and just kind of with this openness and like you're you have control over how many people you reach out mm-hmm. and um, you don't have to marry the outcome. Like right. if, it, if it, you had a great experience, that's awesome. And if you didn't, then that's OK. Like you will continue meeting, you know, amazing people like you don't have to get let those couple of experiences kind of wear you down and feel like, oh my gosh, this is the story of my life. And yeah, it's so easy to string together a couple of shitty things and make them into a negative story about either yourself or about the people that you meet. And yet an an alternate story that I ended up finding out for myself was after getting through the first several networking things, which are hard. I mean, those are the hardest ones. Now, a lot of times I know people when I go places, which is so Mm -hmm. Cool. It's like, it's so nice as a person who like, I think most people I, you know, I don't love to walk into a room of strangers. I think a lot of people think that I'm a lot more extroverted than I am. I get very nervous walking into a room of strangers. 
And yet I rarely have to do that anymore because now at this point, I put in the work to meet a lot of the people in the area and it's very satisfying. It's almost like having a cheat code. Do you know what I mean? It's very satisfying to not have that level of unfamiliarity with folks. Definitely. I hear you. That's awesome. Yes. I, yeah. Who doesn't want to go in the room and feel like, oh, people know you and that, that just, yeah, a sense of like community, like we're in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Well, so what, in addition to the the mind frame set of looking at things in the spirit of wonder, which I think is so smart, what are the skills or what are some skills that you've developed um, to make networking easier for you? I would say really just going in there and getting very curious. Like I, I think, I think one thing that as therapists we need to remember, and this goes because I would I would say I'm an extrovert, but I know that um, some people who are introverts are like, run away from networking. Like, let's not do this. Sure. I would say that a lot of us therapists, we we were, before we even became therapists, we were already like functioning in the capacity of therapists. We had these skills. So basically, we are freaking skilled. Like, we can teach yeah. somebody else how to empathize, how to the basic skills that that um, is general to all types of therapy that the foundational skills right that you need as a therapist we all have them yes so that just like knowing like oh i i know how to do this i'm freaking a pro at like building relationships so if you can go in there with that mentality of like i know how to listen to people i know how to really be engaged um and ask thoughtful questions and be in there just curious, getting to know them, not just as the their business, but like, you know, on a personal level, what are they into? Um, yeah. Do they have kiddos? You know, stuff like that. I think that that's um, made it easy. And also just lead with value. So ah. importance of leading with value. Because I have been guilty of going <laughs> in there kind of a little desperate, like, ooh, you know, in my earlier kind of, networking is like like feeling like you want to get business from someone else and yeah. obviously the person that feels icky mm-hmm. um you, so you don't want to go in there with that mentality you're really having these incredible ball mode today leading with value i love that there are times where sometimes i'm meeting somebody new and i think i i want to like you and i think you don't like yourself and i don't mean that in like a horrible lifelong way but like if i'm like hey what kind of work do you like to do and they're like oh you know anything and it's like oh cool Love to know just a skosh more detail than that, because I am actually interested. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass or like, you know, speaking of the desperate thing. And I've done it. I've been this person. I think we've all been this person at some point where where like I'll say, hey, what clients do you want me to send you? Like, who can I who can I send to you to help you be successful? And I want people to tell me about the stuff that they love or that they're great at. Right. And I get a lot of like, oh, you know, anybody or anybody, you know, send me cash pay. And it's like cool but i don't know any client who who like where the good fit is somebody who doesn't give a shit about anything about them other than that they are a client or that they pay cash and so it's like being able to to sort of transcend a little bit even if you're kind of faking it being able to transcend that feeling of desperation and to be able to understand the value that you do bring to the table and to be able to communicate that to people is so important and people want to hear it unless they're assholes, in which case, if they are, then telling them your value, you will see them check out. And then that's fantastic information for you. Right. Right. Definitely. 
Yeah, I, to add to that, I would say that it's also important to go in there and know who you're like, do that work and know who your ideal client is. Mm. So that makes it easier for the person to be like, oh, okay, you, yeah, I know that Nick loves working with men's issues. So I'm going to send him some people because he's amazing in this area. So that's yeah. very important. What would you say to people? Because because that's, I think, something that I, I think a, a lot of seasoned folks understand and a lot of new folks really struggle with is that like, um, you you do on some level, even if you change it later, you do on some level need to know who you want to work with and you need to be able to speak to that. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to the newer clinicians that are so afraid of of like reducing their business or so afraid of not being available to somebody that might want to work with them that they really are reluctant or they're so afraid of being pigeonholed into doing one kind of work over and over again that they're reluctant to niche? Do you have any words of wisdom for them? Yeah, I think those are valid concerns like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm going to miss out or I'm not going to be able to serve everyone. But here's the thing. You are not going to be the best therapist for everybody. So I think that that's very important that that we honor like our skills and and um, where we're our competencies. And um, Allison for year says this so beautifully that she says that our ideal client is more than likely a past version of ourselves. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. So it's so important too that we kind of do our own. I mean, I know we're not going to talk about this, but like doing our own inner work so that we can, you know, show up as better clinicians for sure. But um, I think it's a process. It doesn't obviously happen overnight. It's taken me uh, a while to get to this place where I'm like, okay, I think this is, these are the types of clients that I love to work with that energize me. Yeah. And that, Let's say you're like, oh, I love couples. And then eventually something happens and you can always like, this is not something that you're like, oh, I have one niche and I'm married to it. Forever. I'll have to get a whole new license if I want to start working with somebody else. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's definitely room for that to um, evolve as you evolve and your business evolves with you. And you can see your ideal client and you can still kind of see other clients who have some overlap. So this is your business and you can, you know, build it however you want. But I would say that when you are able to niche down, you are able to stand out. People will be, you know, you're going to be more um, definitely known and. And memorable, right? I mean, it's one of those things where it sticks with people and it sticks with people in a really positive way. Like I really want to send business to people who I know are going to greet those clients with open arms. I don't want to send, you know, it's hard for people to find a therapist. People are insecure. They're coming in with their worst, you know, scariest, most upsetting moments. And we have to remember, I feel like a huge part of networking actually is knowing what the experience, what it, what the experience of talking with you is like. So like in order for Nick to be a good networker, Nick has to understand what it's like to talk to Nick. And I think that as clinicians, we, we can really get lost, especially when we're scared in a place where we forget that we're making an impression on people. And so when clients call, remember that clients have, you know, they're deeply depressed or they're sad or they're anxious or they're traumatized or they're grieving. And then for them to reach out to somebody who says online, I'm available, come call me. And then that person doesn't return their email. Like what, what effect does that have on somebody who is in some of the darkest moments of their lives? You know, it's really meaningful. And then in a, in a maybe less you know, heavy context. If we're out meeting people in the world and I say, what kind of work do you do? And you go, oh, therapy. That's one thing. But if I talk to you, Carmen, and you say, 
you know, I do all kinds of stuff, but my passion is um, helping Latina helpers who are suffering through burnout, which I know is something that you're fantastic at. I remember that. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a very specific person. And I know that when that person calls you, because I know you, I know you're going to answer the phone with a smile and you're going to make them feel validated. And that to me, it's like, we, we can't ever lose track of what it is like for people to experience us. Right, definitely. And I think it's a service, like when you're able to add more people to your referral network, it's almost like you're doing a service, like a community service to other, other people who are in need, because I see myself like, um, a connector where I, you know, mm. I have that bridge where I'm trying to help, you know, e- even if it's somebody who doesn't become my client, but I'm like, I-, I agree with you, Nick, that my goal when I'm working or when I'm doing that phone console is to connect them to see if I'm the best fit. And if not, not, then I am going to be very likely to be like, yes, you should go see Nick or whoever that is. Or whoever this is the, is the right person. Yes, I tell right. you. Mm-hmm. I have a little brag and I'm going to brag on something that somebody else did, but you know, Ben, I was talking to Ben yesterday, Ben mm-hmm. Esch, um, in supervision. And he was telling me that he about a call and I won't go into any details here, but he got a call, a referral for a client that was like, had like five comorbid issues that are all hard to find a therapist for. And mm-hmm. it was like one of those things where this, this poor person had so much going on and really needed a top of the line, competent mental health professional who is going to provide real care to this person. It wasn't your average, like just talking it out kind of client. And um, Ben decided that this person was outside of his scope, which I think was the right call. Um, and he found somebody to see this client. And I said to him, like, I was, I was, my jaw fell. It was like, I don't think this person would have a therapist if, if it weren't for you. Like, I literally think this person would not have found a therapist, except that you did the work to learn who else was out there and to help it out. And, and you know, business aside, what is a more noble thing that we can do? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think in terms of giving back, I think our, the, the, the work we do with people is wonderful, but it's commerce. I think if you have the kind of integrity where somebody can call you and you stand to gain nothing from them and you do your best to help them, you know, in a boundaried way, that to me is just the greatest. Invaluable. Right. So invaluable. And then also this other clinician gets to work with a client that they're going to do great. It's just, it just makes the world like a better. It's like a win-win, right? There's no, there's no, is there? Yeah. Did you, did you, did you ever watch The Office? No, I, I haven't. Oh, they have a thing where they do conflict management and they're like, they start with lose, lose, and then there's lose, win. And then, and then one of them goes, could we just skip to win, win or whatever the last chapter it is? He goes, no, actually the last chapter is win, win, win. You both win. And then I win for mediating a successful mediation. And it's like <laughs> so ridiculous. Well, so let me ask you this. If you're comfortable answering, you're a working mom and right. our field is is heavily female and a lot of moms are in the space. And one of the things that I think is great about this is that it it can, and ideally hopefully does provide a, a, a career that allows people also to be parents, to be active parents if they want to. Um, right. How, and yet also networking takes time and space. How do you find time and space to make relationships with new people for networking for your business as a working mom? Yeah, so first of all, I would say that um, there's this myth around that I don't have enough time. And that's actually not true. I was reading a book and I was enlightened by this idea that when we say that we don't have time to do you fill in the blank, it's coming from a place of scarcity Mm. where we, where we think like, Oh my gosh, you need to do this right away. And, and you need to, um, time is running out. Um, 
And what if we came at it from this perspective of like, I have the time for the people and the things that I love. And so Mm. when something is important to you, you will make time for it. And so something that's been helpful for me is that once I've networked with a mom, I'm sorry, a mom, with a therapist who's also a mom, let's let's use that example. Mm -hmm. Um, We've gone on play dates. We've done that where it's like, we're, it's a win-win. Here we go. Like, and obviously I haven't done that the first time that I'm meeting them, you know, I'll fill them out. And if the people that I'm resonating with, and if I'm, you know, having a really cool connection with, then I'm like intentional. So I think next month I have somebody that I actually networked with not too long ago and we really hit it off and now we are going to we we're planning um a date for the end of of may and she's going to bring her kiddo and i'm going to bring my kiddo and we're going to make it work so i think it's about like even as moms right like what our lives look like before kids and after kids and how we've probably become better and skilled at like multitasking and just like fitting things in and so i would say like you it's totally doable you just need to fit it in your schedule and like it um like this word this phrase like killing two birds with one stone like yeah you can get your your social needs met you mm-hmm. can you know have the kids be have their play day you could even do a workout you can schedule it like there's so many ways the play day thing is brilliant I that never I mean I don't have kids that never occurred to me that's such a great way to stack a couple things that are all really meaningful um, mm-hmm. You know, I also think, and I agree with you that it's not a first networking date kind of thing, but like, I think you can tell a lot about a person by how they treat their kids. Yeah, definitely. Don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I I had a thing years ago when I was, before I hired Michelle, who's my social media person, I interviewed several um, different folks for this position. And a lot of them were working moms. And one of them, I didn't end up picking. She was a a runner up, but she was so good with her kid. Like the kid came in and interrupted the meeting. And I think that must've been hard. She was trying to pitch her services and it was, you know, I can't imagine what that was like to have a a little one run in while you're trying to like convince somebody that you can work for them. I didn't care, but she didn't know that. And she was, and instead of being like, Oh my God, you have to get the fuck out of the living room. You're making me crazy. She was, she like paused. She took time, spent time with her kid. And to me, because, because that matters to me, that, that was a good thing. That was a thing where it was like, I, I like seeing that you value that. I like seeing how you do that. You can tell how people how people treat servers too. Do you know what I mean? Again, like never forget what it's like to be around you. Yeah. If you see somebody who is lovely to you, but they're shitty to a server, like that's the real them coming out yeah. of those things. You're getting a glimpse of what it's like, right? To be with that person in the room and even their personality, right? And so if you're getting a um, a client who's looking for a therapist and they start telling you stuff about, you know, their issues and stuff, then that also helps keeping that in mind and being like, oh, what is this person like? You know, what is it like to be in the room with them and and keeping those things in mind so that when you're making the referrals, you're like, oh, OK, yeah, this person would be really great for them. Yeah. So also, yeah, like, like when you're networking, you get to experience them, how they are in the room. I want to run something past you that I think might be a brilliant idea for you and you can take it or leave it. 
Okay. But have you ever seen one of those, one of those comedy movies where like somebody accidentally has two dates at the same time and they end up running back and forth between like different rooms in the restaurant or different rooms in the house to like pretend like they're spending time? What if you had one of those play date networking things where you left your child with the other person and then maybe ran to a cafe across the street and had coffee with somebody? Then you're getting your child care needs met. <laughs> You're networking with two people at a time, and all you have to do is break a sweat jogging back and forth That's between the, the two things. And wouldn't that be incredible? I think we got yeah, a movie here. Cool. I mean, you would have to really trust the person with your kiss. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I mean, but yeah, yeah. Hey. You're yeah, like, just, we're, we're, that's an example of like really maximizing the whole, <laughs> like every single minute. Seriously. <laughs> just maximum efficiency, folks. That's what we're talking about all the time. I know the parents know about it. I yeah, love it. That's amazing. Well, so I'm so glad that you were here to talk to me today. And I want, I know that there are people listening to this who heard me say almost in passing about your work with Latina helpers and working with folks with burnout. And I know that there are people who are going to be listening to this and they're going to say, I was thinking about networking, but now I'm thinking about my burnout and how great it was to hear Carmen talk. And I want to talk to Carmen. I'm in the state of California and I want to, I want her to be my therapist. Or they're going to say, I just want to meet her and get some of that amazing positive energy. Or I'm going to share it with you, these folks. Carmen has a fucking stunning singing voice and you could lay the pressure on her to, uh, to cut you a tune. If, uh, I don't know if she'd say yes to that, but I'm putting her on the spot right now. But if people are hearing this and they're like, I got to get more Carmen in my life, how can they find you and how can they connect with you? Yes, they can find me at my website, um, www.revivelifecounseling.com. And my email address is at carmen at revivelifecounseling.com. Isn't it nice when people make it simple? Carmen <laughs> at Revive Life Counseling. It's elegant. I'm amazed when people are like N.V. Bognar, um, you know, 1979 <laughs> at <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like the simple elegance of that. So, Carmen, thanks so much for making time for us here on Action Practice Building. It is a delight to have you, and I hope you'll come back. Thank you so much. I am so delighted to be here. Hey there. I hope you're getting a lot out of the Action Practice Building podcast. But I'm excited to tell you that Action Practice Building isn't just a podcast. It's also a live course that gives therapists skills and support to start networking authentically and get great fit referrals. I created a course that is exactly what I wish I'd had when I was trying to build my caseload. A 12-week course that gives real skills and actionable goals to help you build your dream practice without having to feel icky or compromise your values. If you take action practice building, you'll emerge after three months with a different mindset around networking. You'll learn skills to build relationships with folks who can help you build your caseload. You'll have a set of action steps that you can use throughout your entire career to keep you connected and your business thriving. You'll also get to be a part of the Action Practice Building community, which is a growing group of people who value ethics and client outcomes, as well as supporting other gifted clinicians. Like I said, this is what I wish I'd had when I was building my practice through trial and error. If you want to learn more about my Action Practice Building course, visit actionpracticebuilding.com to learn more. I'll see you there.